It's Sunday, it's 9pm. That can only mean one thing. It is, of course, time for the GT Show here on Trans Radio. And if you listened in last week, you can not have failed to have noticed that uh, my co-host sounded very different to what, uh, what, what she normally did, because we have the rather wonderful, we had the uh, rather wonderful Anya Jurgensen. Every time I go to say that, I go to do it like, uh, I go to do it like the, the Swedish chef, Jurgensen. And uh, <laughs> Anya was an, a fabulous co-host last week and is back this week to talk all sorts of rubbish uh, with me. So Anya, welcome along. Thank you for inviting me back. You're clearly a glutton for punishment. And I will take it as a compliment being associated with the chef from the wonderful Muppet Show. <laughs> Every time I go to see Jorgensen, I always want to do it in a Swedish accent. Um, actually, I don't know if you... Uh, have you ever been to, to uh, shopping in Southampton? Uh, no, not in Southampton, no. There's a rather sizable John Lewis and... Some years ago, they built an Ikea directly opposite the John Lewis. And John Lewis had fabulous views. The, it has a, uh, I think it's a fourth or fifth foot. Basically, it has a, a cafe with fabulous views across Southampton, which this Ikea kind of ruined a bit. Um, but I, I, I remember sitting in there having a cuppa one day and I looked up and right across the front of the Ikea building, a banner the size of which I've never seen in my life, facing directly at the John Lewis uh, cafe, saying, you won't get Swedish meatballs in there. I thought it was brilliant marketing. That's got to be an example. Is it guerrilla marketing, they call that, don't they, where they sort of hijack someone else's um, thing yeah. and uh, take a, what a fantastic piece that is. Brilliant. Was, I haven't seen that, but um, yeah. It was it was on a spirit. No! When we're on, before we actually get into proper topics and stuff, when we're, I suppose this is in some ways a proper topic, but hashtag tomato gate. <laughs> Can I just point out to anybody listening, I'm holding up, uh, I don't know why I'm holding up to, to show you when we're on the radio. I've got a, I've got a, a beer, a nice chilled beer in hand because I didn't fancy a GT. I've got a lot on uh, tomorrow. So, so I thought something slightly weaker than a GT. So I have a nice chilled beer here, but by God, do I need it. Um, we've got a local uh, world, uh, basically a, 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 a world store uh, called Taj. And uh, it's the kind of place you go that I cook a lot of Asian food. And if you need anything, uh, I also got a Syrian cookbook a few years ago. If you need anything that you're not going to pick up in Waitrose or, or Sainsbury's, you go to Taj because it has every every single type of cuisine uh, from everywhere around the world, it has it has it, and it is an incredible shop. But bloody hell, do I hate opportunism! And it really annoyed me during COVID one, the lockdown. When you're loyal to a store, and I shop in there a lot, when you're loyal to a store, lockdown one, uh, the big they have these massive displays of chickpeas and tomatoes, plum tomatoes. So it's not like it was new stock they bought in at a higher price; it was all there already. And they went up from, you know, 40p a tin to a pound a tin. So I said, right, that's it. And boycott them, knock them back. And of course, I've gone back every time. But hashtag Tomatogate. I um, listen to how loud my Northern Ireland accent got, how broad it got um, because of hashtag Tomatogate. I, I went up earlier and I joked to Simon, I bet you Taj will have put the tomatoes up to a pound per tomato. I said jokingly. 
four pounds ninety seven for five tomatoes later. A pound per bloody tomato. It's no. overnight. I bought um no. I had friends over uh for dinner yesterday and I did a, a big massive thing of tabula and I bought loads of tomatoes for it. And their tomatoes are gorgeous, they're vine tomatoes, and they were their normal price, one ninety nine per kilo. And I hadn't looked at the sign today, but yeah, overnight they've gone up to three ninety nine per kilo. And it's the same tomatoes that were there yesterday. This massive stand of them. And same ones that were there yesterday. So it's not like it's new stock that they've paid far more far more to buy in. It's nothing more than opportunism. I I, I feel as though you might need some counselling there, Kevin. There, there are people you can talk to, not necessarily me, but there are people you can talk to who can help you for that. Because but I think you're absolutely right. It I mean, wow, that's that's a huge increase, an absolutely mm. massive increase. You would, as you say, you wouldn't really mind if it was new stock because you would understand things. Yes, the chains, the supply chain. But when it comes down to, oh no, we're just going to up the price now, and it's well, oh, wow, ooh, that's yeah. um, that's that's painful. That's oh, painful. I tell you what, I buy generic Viagra from India, um, <laughs> and let me tell you something: it doesn't cause because it's much cheaper than the UK stuff. It doesn't cause as much of an increase as those bloody tomatoes had in their price today. <laughs> I think you might have overshared a bit there. <laughs> can I just can I just say that one of the wonderful things about HRT and medical transition is you don't have to worry about that kind of thing anymore. <laughs> so it's over to you. You carry on. Well, for any for anybody for any uh, listening who uh, isn't a uh, cis uh, gendered male, then you will know that after big drunken nights out, that. Um, that uh, everybody, uh, everybody turns. Every gay man I know turns to their uh, they carry around little bags of Viagra, like their their blue smarties. So, um, so not not to put everybody in the same boat and not to cast aspersions. Uh, maybe apart from the eighteen and nineteen year olds that you know only have to stand outside in a windy day and they're pitching a tent on hove lawns here. So, um, so yeah, welcome to the tone <laughs> of the show on a Sunday evening. <laughs> So talking about um, sensible things, my mum my used to uh, uh, run pubs. She was the second woman in the country to have a, a be given an on license without being married, because in oh, those wow. days when the world was when the world was in black and white, you had to be married. Mm -hmm. And she was the second woman to be granted an on license. So she was running this pub. And um, this is a story she told me. I can't vouch for the veracity of it. But having said that, my mum's quite a very sort of stern sort of um sensible person quite stern in places and she uh, she came in one day and she was quite sort of uh, upset about something i said what's the matter she said, oh, i've had to have words with the cleaner i said why is that because every time i go into the gents toilets someone's drawn and she called it an appendage so i had to look that up so someone's drawn an appendage on the wind on the uh, on, on the tiles in the gents toilets and each day each day apparently she'd go in and she'd tell the cleaner if you haven't cleaned it's getting bigger so because and it, in the end it went all the way around one of the walls and then the cleaner turned around and said you'll never guess what's written on the walls come and have a look so they went downstairs and someone had written it was all around the one of the walls whatever it was and someone had scrolled underneath you do know that the harder you scrub the bigger it gets and i just thought mm, okay <laughs> i've i've got to yeah. admit that and this is a very topical one this is uh uh I know that we're on DAB radio in Ireland. So if anybody's listening from Ireland, you will particularly get this one. I went into a, I was in a pub in uh, my uh, home city 
And uh, it was in a part of town that uh, it was very much so part of the nationalist tradition. And there was this uh, graffiti and, and I was standing, I was standing in this, in this loo having a wee and honest to God, how I didn't end up with everything over the floor because I read a United Ireland, 31 counties. And I'm thinking 31 counties, there's 32. And then in small writing underneath, you can bloody keep Tyrone. And for anybody that knows, basically Tyrone is the butt of every Irish. It's the county. I guess it's a bit like England's version of Essex. Uh, the Essex, per Essex, gets the butt of all the jokes here. Hashtag okay. sorry to anybody listening in from Essex. Or Tyrone. <laughs> or Tyrone. Um, so if there's any Tyrone listeners, I apologise to you. Uh, my granddad was a uh, Straban man, so I can't make, I shouldn't be making Tyrone jokes. But I love that. But Straban. Straban, wasn't that one of those East German cars that didn't really work very well? <laughs> mm. I am I am biting my tongue because there was <laughs> <laughs> Well you started it, so how much how much lower uh, can we can we take the tone is <laughs> was my first oh, thought we, there. We 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 can go lower. Oh, and do you know what speaking about I don't know if it was Essex. But I did see, I won't be able to find it now, somewhere on, anybody anybody that's interested in reading, because this is a genuine article, it popped up on my feed earlier from um, Metro, uh, from the Metro newspaper. But there, and I have to see now if, if because to me the tone of it suggested that this woman was from Essex. But basically, uh, she was a beautician and there's a photograph of her in labor only from the 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 kind of uh from the neck up but she was having a full beauty treatment a full face of makeup and uh for her insta photographs with her newborn baby i mean dear god um you, you know you you would think you were concentrating on bigger things well surely absolutely um i mean you know i've i've Never given birth, but but I can only imagine. I mean, you know, I, I I came back from Cuba with four days worth of constipation, so I know how difficult it can be to really have to. Birth. Well, it has to be said. I have been, I have been there on several occasions when birth has been given, mm -hmm. and I'll be quite I'll be quite honest. Um, the thought of someone being so concerned with their appearance at that particular moment. I know. Um. Yeah, that's that that takes some sort of um focus. Yeah. So kudos to to her for being that kind of focused on that yeah. but i think right i think it's a question it's a question of priorities i think at that moment in time i know um and you know, very randomly i just mentioned cuba there in in part of that uh just just i was talking and you had mentioned you had mentioned your cigars before we came on air there was a random smoking conversation and you'd mentioned cigars i uh hoyo de monterey i adore my favorite cigars and i bought 50 I think that's the legal limit to bring back we'll go with 50 I bought but I brought them back from Cuba and I also when I was there I bought a, a lovely humidor and I brought it back as well and for nine months when I had to go back to Ireland with work I put everything in storage and when I went to get everything out of storage all my cigars had blue molded in this humidor I nearly oh. cried because over there of course they're dirt cheap here they're, I don't know, 18 quid per cigar, something like that. Um, and I did buy too many because they were so cheap over there. I, I, I mean, I only tended to have maybe one every. But in the summer, I used to love um, 
when I lived in, when I had a, a nice big garden up in, in West London, I loved nothing more than a summer's night, just sitting out in the garden, having a having a, a drink and having a cigar. Are you, just... are you trying to tell me, are you trying to tell me that on a hot summer's night, you, you enjoyed nothing more than smoking a hot Cuban? Mm. Is oh, that what and, it is? And if I told you stories from that <laughs> holiday. Oh, 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 I feel, oh, oh. I feel con confession on Sunday coming on. Moving on. Well, yes, absolutely. Um, and indeed, people do get on their knees to have confession. So. <laughs> we, you're going to get letters. Any any feedback, any letters of complaint? Dear Kevin. Yes. Dear former altar boy, Kevin. And just leave it at that. It is a Sunday. <laughs> okay. Um, now, now that we've dragged the tone down to gutter level, or in my case, dragged it up to gutter level. Uh, we've got lots of stuff to to talk about tonight. Although, actually, before we go into some of the the uh, serious and not serious stuff, Anya, did you see? If anybody listens to BBC Radio Surrey and BBC Radio Sussex, the fabulous Cathy uh, does a fabulous show on Wednesday nights from nine to 10 um uh, so i should say i should put a disclaimer here but of course you should be listening to trans radio then so you'll have to listen on catch up uh, but kathy does a fabulous lgbtq uh show on there and kathy had her most handsome guest ever on wednesday night well you said the most handsome guest i heard it was some rando off the street <laughs> off the street i could go off you very quickly yeah you, yeah. you you can't you can't afford to burn your friends like this. Come on, there's a reason why there's a, there's a reason why we get, I tell you things you don't don't want to know, but you have to know. Mm. No, it's, I listened to that. It was absolutely fantastic, and Kathy was such a lovely person. The way the way she talked about everything and, and about the inclusivity and all the rest of it. But I'm not going to steal your thunder because I listened mm. to the to the interview, and it was lovely. And Kathy is she's an incredible host. I mean, I remember uh, when I first. Uh, when I first got to know Kathy and uh, when I first got to know her and then I found out that she did the show and I thought, yeah, I can see that because sometimes if you've, if you've trained and I, I did train in radio production uh, randomly considering the, the, the rubbish that I come out with in this show, but I did train in this malarkey and you sometimes know, you sometimes hear a voice that you think, yeah, and Kathy has those beautiful tones. She's got a really genuinely incredible radio voice. Um, but a little random side fact, you might not know, Anya. Uh, it's so basically, uh, uh, Kathy and her, her partner, I know incredibly well, and uh, they, they drink in our local, um, which has a bit of a, it's almost like an LGBTQ version of Cheers around there. Um, but Kathy owns Brighton Gin. And oh really? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That I mean, that's that's yeah. Her BBC show is just her kind of uh, side hustle. Um, she owns Brighton Gin, and during COVID, it was great because when you're struggling to get things, and you're friends with uh, the person who owns Brighton Gin, and they've got about four Brighton Gin delivery bikes with baskets, so they were doing. Um, and Kathy literally lives around the corner from me. So if we ever ran out of gin at like half eight, nine at night, I could send her a quick message and go emergency gin delivery. And the Brighton gin bike used to come up outside and put a socially distanced uh, bottle of Brighton gin on the, uh, on the, the door. Um, Do you have any friends who are like, who may maybe Brighton tonic of some sort or something, some mixes, or do they have to have them helicoptered in? 
Do you know what? I bulk bought. People may not know this, but Schweppes actually do. Schweppes do the bottles of concentrate for soda streams for Indian tonic water. And I made sure I had plenty of those in over COVID. Are you trying to are you trying to tell everyone you you mainline mainland tonic? Honest to God, honest to God, um, there was a point I had to go and give bloods uh, just after lockdown one. And I remember thinking this poor nurse is going to get hammered smelling what comes out of my veins at this point. When I say I drank the oceans dry of G&T. So there was a reason that this G, more than just the fact this show's hosted by a G and by a T. There was another good reason for calling it that. Um, so yeah, I mainlined uh, G and T over the uh, over the the the, the COVID one, particularly the first lockdown. But I mean, my you know my day job, my my business pretty much was ground to a halt the day COVID struck. So, and you know, I I uh, in one way I was blessed because lots of people still had to go to work. Um, uh, in another way, I wasn't because uh, obviously, you know, clients stopped paying. So that was an issue. Um, but it didn't mean I had all this free time. So drinking gin was the way to pass it. It was fabulous. Um, I, I thought it, I thought it was fantastic when someone said, um, what was it? Uh, is, is, is Pinot Grigio a breakfast wine asking for a friend? <laughs> yeah. And I thought, at last, I know the answer to a question. But I yeah. can just imagine that, that that poor nurse taking that blood out of you and going, we can't give this stuff to somebody else. <laughs> we should put it in a bottle and put a health warning on it, man. <laughs> Do you know, that's um, one of my favourite scenes from the Catherine Tate show. The very posh kids who had the, uh, the Northumberland or Northeastern nanny. And yeah. when the posh kid comes in with uh, the mother's taking a bottle of Merlot out of the bag and the, the posh child looks and goes, oh, mommy, is the tea silent like in Merlot? Um, and it's just like, oh, my God, um, that was a That was a great. But very randomly, actually, I'm going to get him on some week to, to, to talk about his five minute experience of this very dear friend of mine, Jamie. I love there's one of the skits that she does in that um and it's this whole thing about save the gingers, protect the gingers. It's this whole skit about ginger people. And there was one night, my friend Jamie was round. We were we were having uh, we were having a few drinks here. And Jamie was talking about. He's a teacher now. He's a, he's an actor, but but he's predominantly a teacher now, a drama teacher now. Um, and we were just chatting about some of the random gigs he did. And he said, "I was one of them." Did you ever watch Catherine Tate? I was one of the main ginger protesters. And I went, shut up, you were not. Um, and I loved that episode. But it, I mean, that was years before I ever met Jamie. So that's that's Jamie's claim to fame. He was protester number one, uh, ginger protester number one. Um, so uh, if you've been affected by any of the issues on the show tonight, please email Kevin at no, don't. Um. But uh, do get in contact if you would like to uh, have any topics covered. Anya and I are already building up a lovely little collection of interviewees for the coming weeks. And now that there's lots going on out and about, we're also uh, talking to people. And there's an interview of Anya's coming up in the next part of the show. But if you're doing something, if you've got a if you've got a play, if you've got anything that's LGBTQ related and you want us to promote it, you want us to talk about it or you want to come on the show and talk to us, then do send me an email. Kevin at TransRadioUK.com. Um, and also, if you've got any friends 
who are having birthdays and you'd like a shout out, Anya will happily sing happy birthday. And um and we we yeah, we shall get that done for you. Did you just say did you just voluntold me that I'm gonna sing someone a happy birthday? Is that an English or in Swedish in the style of the Swedish chef, maybe? Falsteigburgen, Humas Tata. You need to get a hobby. <laughs> and do you know, I, I'm quite surprised you even, you even committed to that. That's I do. Brilliant. Absolutely I, brilliant. I do have a hobby, but uh, unfortunately, it's caused me to be uh, partially sighted. On that note. <laughs> 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 on that note someone <laughs> on that note I think we probably should go to a commercial break um, we'll be right back after these messages this is transradiouk.com transmitting throughout the UK and the world Welcome back. You're listening to the GT Show here on Trans Radio. And Anya and I have both uh, taken our uh, sedation so that we're slightly less uh, hyper and giddy than we were in part one of the show. If when you say medication, you mean breathing into a brown paper bag. Yes. I see a lot of people doing that here on the seafront in Brighton. I always wondered what they were doing. Oh. Or maybe that's just drinking oh. from a brown paper bag. It's it's all kind of similar. Um. Just as we were talking there during the uh, break, uh, it suddenly came to me because Anya and I were just talking about uh, we speak to each other in Zoom when we're we're doing this. And I had my first on uh, a few days ago, I had my first meeting on Google, uh, Google meetings. And it was with a, a client of mine, a marketing client of mine who are a law firm. And we were having this kind of serious meeting and all of a sudden I hear everybody getting hysterical and I'm looking down, writing notes of stuff that I have to do for them. And everybody is, starts going hysterical and I look up, I don't know how it happened or what button I pressed, but there was a little panda on a cloud floating above my head, spraying, raining uh, love hearts down on top of me. Don't know what I pressed to do that effect. Don't know how I did it, but um, it it reminded me of that uh, that person in America who had the the cat filter on the whole during the meeting and couldn't get it off. Um, and I couldn't get this bloody thing off either. So uh, yeah, it it definitely was my my senile moment, shall we say it? Uh, I, I I certainly uh felt like like a grandparent uh would do, trying to get grips with I, technology. I don't know what's on your computer, Kevin, but I'm quite sure that everyone breathed a sigh of relief. There is a story there, but not one that I'm prepared to share. <laughs> okay. You can you can mime it later on. <laughs> it would certainly you said something the, you said something the other day. We we go up to the line, but we don't cross. <laughs> Yes, uh, we we do. We go up to the line and we don't cross it. And uh, yes, although I think we've maybe uh, dented the sand slightly, slightly tonight. So we uh, before the break, we were uh, we were we were chatting some rubbish, and and um, we Anya and I were were chatting uh, off air about Pink's performance on 
last weekend on Graham Norton. I hadn't seen it by the time the show went out. I watched it on, on uh, catch up during the week, and wow! Did you did you see it, Anya? No, I was I was busy doing other things, so you can't capture everything. Oh, do you know what? It is take five minutes out of your day at some point over the next few days and watch. She did the lead single of her new album, Trustful. She did. And I used to like Pink years ago and then I kind of went through a period of it. I don't love her anymore. But my God, she is back on top form. And actually, just today I had arrived through my very letterbox, a version of the new album, and I've managed to get it on hot pink vinyl. It looks incredible. It's really cool. Wow, because I saw that on your um, Facebook feed. Yes, um, it it really looks. And do you know what? I've got, um, there's no filter on that, because I looked at it afterwards and thought that looks like there's some one of those those Facebook filters on it. There isn't. It's that bright a pink. It's incredible. And um, yeah, because it only arrived today, I haven't had time to... Having a time to to listen to it yet? I have. I've been listening to the album on Spotify. Um, it's genuinely incredible. The lead single "Free Fall" is awesome, and uh, I plan to get. And actually, I need to go go on and just do it. I really want to get tickets for. I'm in that kind of weird place. I really want to get tickets for her in London, but uh, there has been whispers because all along the rumor was that Rihanna would be headlining Bright and Pride, and then she popped up at the Super Bowl very uh, quite visibly pregnant. So I doubt it's going to be her who's doing it. So now the rumour mill has gone into, because Pink's in the UK around that time anyway, the rumour mill has gone into uh, that it's that it's going to be Pink. Well, as long as it's someone like Pink and not necessarily Nigel Farage, then that, that's good enough for me. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, I'd love to see his, uh, I'd love to see his invite to Brighton Pride. The thing is, Simon and I don't go to it and... Um, I should I should uh, put a warning sign up before this. Brighton Pride raises a lot of money for LGBT uh, charities, and that's incredible. However, to me, it's not Pride anymore. It's um, ever since uh, a dear friend of mine uh, four years ago, five years ago, the Britney year, whatever year that was. First of all, Britney came on and she was like, hey, you guys, it's so nice to be in... In, and she turns to her back and singing. You can hear her mic. Where are we, guys? So, and then at one point, she lip synced to the wrong song. The card machines went down like they do many years. You had to queue for half an hour to get a glass of lukewarm, awful wine at God knows what ridiculous price. Um, but the crown and glory was. Um, so my my this this dear friend of mine had uh, dressed incredibly well because was planning to go out after the that night afterwards and had you know bought as people do for pride bought nice new shoes and shirt and stuff and this gobby teenager uh ended up spilling red wine all over him and he said do you want to be careful where you're going because she was so drunk and her exact response was f off baggot and that's a word that i would never normally use even in any context on this but i think it's needed because in that scenario to illustrate that was a bright and pride and the issue with these big headline names the likes of Britney, the early bird tickets are 20, 25 quid. And then the second release then were about 43, 44. The cheapest tickets for Britney in London were over 100 quid. So it attracts an entire, it was a Britney concert rather than Brighton Pride. And I remember the days 20 years ago when we'd come and it was always, it was always proper allies. Hazel used to do, I mean, Hazel's done nearly every Pride over the, the UK, but it was great LGBT acts or LGBT allies and 
um the last grape one i remember being uh, pet shop boys uh in brighton but it's gotten so big and so commercial and i know it's great that that helps raise money for lgbt charities but for those of us that used to go and take our picnic and remember it with fun and now you can't i mean i had a security guard tell me that i that i couldn't take cereal bars in um four years ago um and i'm like well look do you want to go and get a manager because if i collapse in there as somebody with diabetes i can't wait half an hour to get served a, a bottle of coke in there this is literally a packet of cereal bars here is my insulin this security guard was having none of it and eventually a colleague said that's fine that's fine let 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 him in um but that's how strict it's got and then of course that means you have to buy from the food stalls in there and the food quality in my experience has been rubbish so it just all feels a bit too big and corporate and commercial now so um that's my rant over about it trans pride on the other hand is incredible in brighton my <clears throat> interesting you mentioned trans pride because last year was the, my the first chance i got to go to trans pride in brighton mm -hmm. and it was incredible i mean I've, I've been to pride and pride's lovely don't get me wrong the atmosphere is incredible yes there's all the commercialism that goes with it but the atmosphere is so intense and it's just so lovely. It's just mm. like, it's like all that hostility and all that kind of, um, yeah, but no, but no, but yeah, but all, all that, that that sort of bigotry is all stopped. Mm -hmm. And you're left with people who are just in the same, in the same trajectory and direction of travel as yourself. And it's lovely. It's absolutely lovely. Mm. But this year, it's taken me four years to get there. This year, we're going to CSD in Berlin. Christian Street Day, Christian Street Day, Badness. which is Gay Pride in Berlin. Mm -hmm. If you're lucky, only if you're lucky, mind you, I might do a recording. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I thought you were going to say, if you're lucky, I'll take you in my case. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm not quite sure how big my case needs to be. Um, can you get another? What are you trying to say? Lock? Well, I'm just saying those overhead lockers <laughs> on the plane aren't very big. That's what cabin <laughs> baggage is for. <laughs> oh, I tell you what, this, I was going to say the hold baggage the, the, I've seen. You must have seen it traveling around the world. Some people turn up and go, oh, but this is this is cabin luggage. And it's like it's bigger than I am. And you've just wrapped it up in brown tape. I know. You can't take that on a plane. <laughs> and some reason they do. But it's just anyway. Have yes, you seen the prices? If you're, very, if you're very good. Have you seen the prices of cabin luggage? Oh, don't. We were trying to get away um, this year. We were going to, we were trying to get back to Portugal for, for June. Mm -hmm. And, um, oh, it was just like, this This is a West African telephone number. This, is, this isn't a flight. This isn't a ticket price. This is a West African telephone number. This is ridiculous. Mm. But there we are. I suppose it's like everything else, isn't it, really? Everything's going up in price. Yeah. But you reach that point where you go, well, you've just priced yourself price yourself out of your customer's market because who can afford these kind of prices yeah. and to be fair if i could afford that i probably wouldn't be where i probably wouldn't be uh flying well <laughs> economy <I> <laughs> um yeah next to the chickens <laughs> i think the thing for somebody like me that goes back for for somebody like me that goes back uh for a weekend um and that used to do it all the time we'll go back to ireland uh, a lot of the weekends I used to do, just do the priority boarding, which was like seven quid each way. And you got to take your little wheelie bag on. Now you're basically allowed a handbag size. And um, to to go up to take your, your little wheelie one on, it's gone from seven, something like seven quid uh, each way to I think it's 24 quid each way now, which in the grand scheme of things, I mean, I just booked, Simon and I just booked flights for 
uh, for for June to go back for a wedding in Ireland. Um, and you know what? The flights were still, even with the other charges, they were still cheaper than my flights were almost 30 years ago when I came over and back to uni before budget airlines existed. So back then, the cheapest flight, the cheapest Belfast return flight you could get. And I tell you what, you get 10 Brucey bonus points if you remember this airline because they were in short existence. For a few months, there was a an airline called Belfast Airways. Belfast Air or Belfast Airways? It's not massive- a name I remember now. Do you know what? They billboarded all of London and they were they were Ryanair before Ryanair. But of course, the market wasn't ready for it almost 30 years ago. They were about 10 years too early um, because, of course, this is pre decent. And this is well, it's pretty much pre Internet and uh, travel agents just weren't making enough on them and selling them. So it relied on call centers and blah, blah, blah. But I remember getting a flight. Uh, a return flight for 160 quid to go home for Easter with Belfast Airways. And that was the cheapest by far flight I could get. And people forget how expensive air travel was. So, so, um, so I guess I'm being a bit unfair by moaning, but it does just for people like me that I don't need a full wheelie suitcase to go home for, for four days, but I do need a bag that's bigger than a handbag just to chuck a laptop, you know, two t-shirts, two pair of underwear and I mean I don't normally bother with the underwear anymore I just I take one pair and, and well the thing is you get four days out of one pair of underwear you turn them back to front and then you turn them inside out so, so oh I think you've overshared again <laughs> <laughs> there's a level of detail we just don't really need to know but yes the, 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 it comes to something where because we were looking at going to Scotland because we, we love Scotland and going around the Highlands we love spending time in Glasgow and Edinburgh and all that sort of thing and I've got some wonderful friends I'd, I'd like to spend some time with and we thought well we'll get on a train we have these like um, travel passes and that sort of thing so you get a reduced rate and we thought well, surely it'll be a lot, lot cheaper than an aeroplane because obviously there's a lot more to it uh, no it's actually cheaper to get on an aeroplane to go from yeah. Bristol or wherever to to work to Scotland than it is to get on a train and that can't be right let alone no. The sort of impact on the environment and that sort of thing, mm-hmm. but um, but yeah, it it's um, it'll be cheaper just to post all your stuff there and meet it up when it, when you get there and then post it back. Uh, do you know but you then... talk about that for years, for years, not uh, so much recently, but for years. So I always went back to I always went back to Ireland for Christmas until five years ago. Always went back home, um, and. I would always, because I'd got my nephew's Christmas presents, my mum's, my, I'm not a last minute shopper. And I used to travel with work all the time. Every week it'd be somewhere else. So most of the time during the day, I tended to do evening events for those years. So during the day, I would always have a couple of hours to go out to a city. And I'm very blessed to have seen pretty much all of the UK um, and spend incredible amounts of time in each of the the three countries on this island, um, particularly Scotland, I spent a lot of time in. Um, so during the year, I'd see things that I knew people would love and I'd buy them. I used to have this big box of of gifts because I don't do just buying a present for the sake of it. Last minute rush in December. So I'd always have everything in and um, I would get my big box of presents that was going back for Ireland. And some of my clothes and stuff, I would put them all in a massive box, post it back to Ireland because back then Royal Mail, it was only about, I mean, it used to be under 20 quid to post this big box every year. And at that point, I think Ryanair had just made it something stupid like twenty five quid each way with your your big suitcase and stuff. So um, so yeah, I, I I used to do that. But when we go, we discovered 
for somebody that always overpacked, we went to Portugal uh, five years ago and we discovered that we can actually do. And then shortly after that, we went to Gran Canaria. And Simon and I, when we go away for a week now, um, we just take a, a little hand luggage. Um, because if you're going to a warm country, you only need three pairs of shorts, half a dozen T-shirts and just whatever, you know, whatever other toiletries. So it's possible. And this coming from somebody that used to look like uh, Amelda Marcus was having a weekend away um, when they'd go on holiday. Yeah, it, there's a real art to that sort of thing because we, we we quite like uh, road trips. So when we drove, we we when we got married, we we drove around uh, Europe to go to the film sets in Turin, mm-hmm. and uh, we did the the the, the, the um the boot in a, in a mini is very very small. So we just um, bought stuff as we went along and then just posted the washing back home. It's just as simple as that. Yeah, um, we thought we'd do the same thing in Japan, but their J- Japan's version of Extra, 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 extra large. As I think is our is the UK version of I think a ten. Oh yeah, and it's like it it didn't quite it didn't quite work out the same. Yeah, it was um, but yeah, there's there's different ways of approaching the, that that the, the logistics of that sort of thing. But I think to ten year under crackers inside out and back to front. Okay, <laughs> mm. do you know what? Whatever, whatever gets you there. <laughs> Do I oh, still I'm have? Gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm going to need therapy to get that image out of my head. <laughs> oh, wait until you hear what's coming up. Um, but uh, uh, somewhere in this, somewhere in this, uh, this Aladdin's cave that I record in, um, there's a a few years ago. I the year before COVID struck, I bought a I bought a corset, um, which was coming from China, and I bought it in XXL. Well. It barely even went around my arm. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And after that, I later found out from friends, because I used to always do drag for Bright and Pride. Uh, and some some time later, I found out from friends of mine where you could find cheap UK sized uh, corsets, because uh, when you're doing drag, you have to do that. Some of the my uh, my very dear friend, Graham, was up in uh, Harrogate and was in some charity shop and saw the most incredible dress, like something from a Disney movie. And it was only a tenor. Calls me in FaceTime. And there's this lovely big Yorkshire man working in the uh, in the charity shop. And Graham's like, darling, I've seen this dress. It would be fabulous for you for pride. It's only £10. What do you think this would fit you? And then he looks at this man and he's like... Darling, could you hold that up against yourself to see? Could you have a similar frame to Kevin? You're a similar size, and this guy's like, "Oh, I guess I don't mind." And and it was just it was a comedy skit in it's it's like something John Cleese would have written when he was funny. Brilliant! They're bringing Brilliant. back Faulty Towers. Well, if it's um if it's been brought up to date, then I think that's fine. I, I, and I, I love Faulty Towers. I was brought up on all that sort of stuff, and I think of its time, it was funny. But I think for today's audiences, very much like the Roald Dahl stuff, it can't be, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It can't be that kind of political correctness, to use the air, air quotes. Mm. But it still has to be funny because you can still be funny by laughing with people rather than mm. laughing at people. Yeah. So I think, um, yes, I mean, things like False Towers and and um, all the other stuff that goes with it, it's, it has its place. And mm. I think it can it can travel in time quite nicely mm. as long as it's still funny. But if it's going to be a case of, well, we're just going to rehash the old old gags yeah. around difference, around um, sexuality and gender and where people are from and mm. so sort of xenophobia and racism and, and, and being horrible to people, mm. 
I'm not quite sure it's going to have the same kind of um, reaction that the original Foster Towers had back in the in those days. But it's a case of, um, do you know what? Good comedy lasts. I listen to a lot of old time radio. Um, well, clearly, when I'm not listening to trans radio, but I listen to lots of old time radio. Um, and it's still funny today because mm. it, it doesn't make fun of people. It makes fun of situations. Yeah. And good comedy travels really, really well, both around the world, but also in time. Mm. But the thing with um, some comedies, I, I remember listening to a rerun of um, was it Love Thy Neighbour and Bless This House and that sort of thing. Mm. And it's like, do you know what? No matter how you try and dress that up, you're not going to get away from the fact of that has had its day. Absolutely. Whereas things like um, Blackadder, things like René Artois, uh, Allo Allo, and all these sort of things, Faulty Towers and uh, all no. That they can that they can have a second life, but Absolutely. not if they're going to stay on the same sort of platform of what they got cheap laughs for in those days. I think, and I think you know, not just the comedy. I personally think it's a huge mistake to bring it back because at the very heart of Faulty Towers was a xenophobic, uh, cranky character who's, I mean, it just, it belonged to its time. But I still love the original Faulty Towers. I think it's incredible. It belonged of its time, but it was incredibly mm -hmm. funny. So I think you couldn't do it. And that doubled with the fact that that was done when John Cleese was funny. These days, John Cleese is about as funny as syphilis. He just, <laughs> he, he. Uh, if you watch Follow His Socials, it's, it's, there's this man who was once a comedy genius who has lived in such a different world for so many decades that it's so out of touch. And it's, to me, he's not funny anymore. So I think it's a shame that they're bringing back. Some things should be left. But do you, do you not think that um, some comedy, some situation comedies have um, have that enduring sort of um, premise that, that still lives today? So the, someone who is cranky, they, they can still be funny without being for example, xenophobic or racist or sexist or misogynistic, mm -hmm. you can still have somebody who is still struggling with life today, mm. but not in a horrible way. Mm. Um, well, and, and the sort of, like the kind of faux pas that people make about terminology, pronouns and all these sort of things, mm. um, but not in a, in a, not in a cheap laugh kind of way, but people yeah. would still be okay with, because let's face it. I mean, yeah, there's so much comedy that people can can still enjoy from the past. Because I listen mm. to things like the Navy Lark and um, all these other bits and pieces, and, and it still has legs today. But you can't just re just just pick it up and put it back into the 21st century and say, Absolutely. "Well, that's what we laughed at years and years ago, so you should laugh at it now." No, because the world has moved on. Those kind of things are no longer funny. But those situations can still be funny if you don't treat it in the same way. But then, of course, you'll still get your your sort of gaminati or your sort of people who just will not move on. Yeah, will look at it and go, "No, I, I still want the old um, the old terminology and the old yeah, racism yeah. and xenophobia and sexism and that sort of thing." Well, if that's what you're going to do, is just put it into twenty first century, then that's going to fail, isn't it? But I think, and you can, good as comedy, you said, good comedy lasts. Well, as you said about you can have a character like that, nothing could illustrate that more than Afterlife. Ricky Gervais created a character which who was deeply funny, the most cantankerous git to ever walk the planet, but who was deeply funny. In my view, it's one of the best comedy series in recent years. Deeply funny. Um, but where his where his in that particular series, and I know there were issues with some other series, but in that particular series, I mean, he just 
he 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 is very very genius at walking to a line but not overstepping it and he also um in that particular series he uh he avoids this, anything that would be massively contentious he avoided that in it um and basically was this very sad character who had just lost his wife but he played it in such a it was it was it was brilliantly played yeah i, th I think that's where you have to have a very clear demarcation between the character that this person is playing and who they are and how they are in real life. Yeah. And um, I mean, we could talk, we could talk about that forever, but I, I kind of looked, I saw Afterlife and I was very sort of, I felt very sorry for the character, but not necessarily for, not necessarily sorry for the writer. Obviously. Yeah, oh yeah. Rose. I get the fact that he has, uh, he has opinions and, and, and not opinions that everyone uh, sort of subscribes to. But I do look at it sometimes and just think it's very difficult to um, look at someone's work as being separate from the person. Um, yeah. And this is no comparison to um, Ricky Gervais whatsoever. I used to like Gary Glitter when he used to sing his songs when I was a kid. Mm. I'm not necessarily yeah. sure he's going to make a comeback, do you? No. But it's the no. sort of thing. But it's the sort of thing that, um, yeah, once you've alienated yourself from a section of the audience who mm. were perhaps your, your, you know, very avid followers. It's very difficult to bring them back. Mm. Um, it's like with Fa with Father Ted. I thought Father Ted was great to a point, mm. but I look at it now thinking, yeah, mm, yeah, some stuff was great, and it's still good comedy. Is still good comedy, mm. but you have to see it within the lens of, um, yeah, does this make me laugh at people, or does it make mm. me laugh with people, or am I just sort of do I feel uncomfortable with this? And it, each to their own. But yeah. as I say, the the, the premise from this is. Good comedy lasts. Not necessarily good comedians, but good comedy does last. But you have to bring it up to date. Are you in, being, in my view, anyway? Are you being served being the perfect example in my mind of good comedy that has lasted? But we have massively run over in this section, yeah. and um, we are going to have to jump into commercial break, and then we're going to come back, and uh, you can tell us all about your interview, Anya. This is TransRadioUK.com, transmitting throughout the UK and the world. Welcome back. You're listening to the final section of the GT show here on Trans Radio. Anya, we now have an interview, and I will shut up for a few minutes and let you introduce your guest and the circumstances and tell everybody about what uh, all about it. Okay. Um, I was listening to, I should have listened, I was watching Prime Minister's Question Times on Wednesday, just gone. And the MP for North Warrington, Caroline Nichols, asked a question of the Prime Minister, which I thought was very, very interesting. I thought the Prime Minister got off very, very lightly. And um, I thought, wouldn't it be interesting to find out the view of a younger person? Um, so I managed to catch up with a very good friend of mine called Phoenix and a friend of his called Crystal. Um, and I thought, well, rather than me wrap it on about things, I'll ask you the question. What did you think? And Phoenix was very good enough to give me a bit of their time. With me now is the lovely Phoenix Simkis from Hartbury LGBT Society. Uh, pronouns are they and them, he, him, he and him. And with him is his friend Crystal, pronouns she, her, they and them. Um, so first of all, thank you for agreeing to have a good chat with me. It's our pleasure. We're recording this on Wednesday the 22nd of February, and we were talking earlier on about the Prime Minister's Question Time. 
and the, the sort of exchange of questions and answers between Charlotte Nichols, who's the MP for Warrington North, the area in which Brianna unfortunately uh, was murdered, and she asked um, a question of the Prime Minister. And I wonder what your view was. So just to remind you, she stood up in Prime in the in the House of Commons and said. During recess, my community in Warrington was rocked by the murder of 16-year-old schoolgirl Brianna Jai. What support will the Prime Minister offer to our community and to our local schools in order to ensure that they have the support they need to support Brianna's classmates and Brianna's family as they try to heal from this appalling tragedy? I don't expect you saw what happened next, but he motioned and gestured to the ever-cuddly and warm personality that we know and love as Suella Braverman. And yeah, basically, she's, she's going. Three things struck me apart from that. The first one was there was no mention of Brianna being trans. There was no mention of the horrific anti-trans environment perpetuated by this government. And there was no reference at all to the blatant anti-trans rhetoric that the Prime Minister has used during his, during his campaign to become PM, and also recently um, when he was interviewed by uh, another equally nice person, Piers Morgan. And I wondered if you had a, if you had a view. Uh, it's outrageous, if I'm quite honest, that it's it's insensitive. Like, they push anti-trans rhetoric, yet they want to try and be supportive of someone that they won't even acknowledge as trans. It's insensitive, if you ask me. Like really just more attention needs to be brought to the fact that this is a trans person that has been killed because you know if it was not I'm not being funny here, but if it was any other minority group, we'd all be up in arms. Yeah. And that would be mentioned all over the place. But I agree on that one. You know, because I think because she's trans and it's it's just it's just not being mentioned all too much yeah. and it needs to be brought up more. I did realize she was trans until I actually looked into this because it was all over my YouTube feed. So I clicked on a video. It wasn't until I clicked on the video and watched it that I realised she was trans, because there's no mention of her being trans anywhere on the news, like at all. And it's it's just kind of outrageous to be quite honest. So do you think that because Brianna was trans, it should be mentioned, or should it just be part? Well, she was a 16-year-old schoolgirl, and that's the end of it. Or do you think that there is an added dimension that she was trans, and that should be recognised? It's a double-edged sword. Yes, it should be acknowledged, but also you don't want to like encourage the transphobes to like come into the comment section and start hating. If that makes sense. Like, you don't want to disrespect the dead. But, but then even yeah. if even if they didn't mention that, that's already been happening in the comments of those videos. Yeah. On the comment section of those videos, it's absolutely appalling. People have been correcting pronoun correcting, sorry, pronouns and name and, and names and stuff, and it's awful to look at. And it's just it's our it's it's just yeah there's no words there's no words how disgusting it is so talking about um because you mentioned just then about uh correcting people's use of names and, and i yeah. mentioned your pronouns in the beginning yeah. and one of the things that the prime minister has said about gender neutral pronouns and trans inclusive policies is that it's all sort of some kind of recent trend to yeah. erase women no uh, no no, no, it's not a trend. You can't convert people to be something they're not. It's been no. scientifically proven like over and over again in studies that you cannot make someone trans. It's just not possible. So for so, them to say this is a trend is a bunch of bleep. 
and we talked about me not having to use the bleeper thing because I haven't learned how to do I can, that I yet. I can bleep for you, it's fine. <laughs> Thank you very much indeed. You can be my honorary bleeper. Then. <laughs> um, so thinking about uh, Trent, but what about his opinion that um, all these gender neutral language and also uh, trans inclusive policy, poli uh, policies, a kind of erasing what a woman is, because he said in this interview that um, I know what a woman is, it's an adult human female. You want to take this one first? Mm. Oh, well, I need a minute. Okay, so, um, no, that's, if this has been, this has been a case for um, longer than we've been alive, actually, longer than he's been alive as well. Um, so I was reading up on, uh, what was it? I think it was Native American cultures before, um, obviously, the um, Europeans invaded and whatnot. Yeah. A lot of them actually did recognize the genders as a thing. And yeah. this is going back to before the United States, before all of that's come around. Yeah. Okay. So, if anything, this is just, this is Europeans coming in and erasing other cultures as well, yeah. because this, this is their, that, that view of, only two genders is it's old you it's uniquely an old an old European view yeah okay. so, view. so thinking about that of uh, different views and different opinions and, and sort of almost like the colonization or decolonization process of, of thinking in different ways yeah just thinking about um what you thought of various news outlets using Brianna's dead name yeah, that made me angry because that should not be public information. That should be the family's information and that's it. It shouldn't be out on public at all in any way. And for any news outlet to go and find her dead name is disgraceful. Like, it is like, absolutely I'm, I'm disgusting. Sorry, but how I, I, I don't, I'd, I'd be disgusted if I found out that they still had their jobs after yep. doing something like that because that is a violation of privacy. Privacy. Yep. There's, Okay. It's wrong. Put it this no, way: no. if it was a cisgender person who had changed their name, they wouldn't be going around doing that. No, they wouldn't. No. At least I hope they wouldn't. It's. I, I could talk to you all day. I really could, but I know that Phoenix, you're not feeling too great. Yeah. And, I know. Uh, and, and Crystal, we've we've kind of hijacked you into this because you just happened to be there. So yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> I tried so for a lot for the ride. Okay. Hey, listen. Thanks. Thanks an awful lot for your time, and hopefully, I'll speak to you again. At some point fairly soon. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully. Okay, bye. Bye. Oh, wonderful, uh, wonderful, Anya. How how was that during the uh, the recording? Well, I thought it was quite refreshing the fact that um, the younger people are much more informed about these sort of things than perhaps I was when I was Phoenix's age, um, and the fact that there's lots more activity going on within the community where they there's a lot more inter intersectionality. So whether you're, excuse me, whether you're LGB, whether you're T, whether you're Q, whether you're plus and all the other shades in between, mm -hmm. there's so much that binds us and crosses over those kind of demarcation lines. Mm -hmm. um, and it was interesting to get their their perspective, I thought. So I thought, well, I'll ask, I'll ask them if they give me an interview and, you, and they were very good to do that. So yeah, it, was, it, was, it was fascinating, I thought. Oh, excellent. That was, uh, and like I said earlier on in the programme, we've got a few people lined up for the uh coming weeks 
and uh, we've got some fabulous guests lined up as well. And uh, I'm looking forward to looking forward to to meeting all them. But we have talked our our wonderful tushes and bountiful bottoms off uh, for the last hour, and uh, I can't believe we've run out of time. Can I just say you've not seen my bottom? So no. <laughs> I've been in those phone boxes in Soho in in 1998, and I have seen more than I thought I'd see. A subject for another day. Yes, I love the fact. <laughs> I love the fact you didn't deny it. There's not going to be people googling. <laughs> no, don't don't Google me. Don't Google me. <laughs> Oh, excellent. Anya, thank you so much. Uh, and I look forward to catching up with you next week. The pleasure's mine. Thank you for inviting me again. And thank you, everybody, for listening in. It's Kevin at transradiouk.com. If you want us to give a shout out next week on the show to anybody, if it's their birthday or if they've got a wedding anniversary or whatever it is coming up, Anya and I would love to do it. And Anya's looking forward to doing little social media videos, singing happy birthday to random strangers all across the UK. Um, and please do, please do send them in and all your feedback. And we shall see you next week. Can I, can, can I just say I'm never going to forgive you for that? Wait until the requests build up. <laughs> no. Happy birthday to you in C minor. And actually, if you want, if when you send in the per send the person's name that you'd like it, and tell us which key you'd like Anya to do it in as well. So um, so yeah, that'll that'll help. But thank you so much for listening. Anya's head's in her hands right now. And we shall you, uh... you, you really can go off people very quickly. <laughs> we shall uh, see you next week. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.